0: step into an exciting, colorful, wonderfully new world as Walt Disney brings to glowing life the adventures of Alice in Wonderland based on Lewis Carroll's beloved story. There are wonderful tunes for your heart, wonderful thrills for your eyes as you share with Alice the wonderful things she sees, the wonderful friends she meets. Tweedledum and Tweedledee, The Walrus and the Carpenter, The Mad Hatter, The March Hare, the Cheshire Cat, The White Rabbit, and many more. I'm late. I'm late. It's a very important date. No time to say hello. Goodbye. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. I give myself very good advice, but I very seldom follow it. I'm ah, very, very unworthy. To me? To you! A very, very (laughs) birthday. To me! For you! Little red butterflies kiss the tulips And the sun is like a toy balloon
1: In a time where we are stuck inside due to a virus, we are all feeling a little bit like the statement from a purple grinning cat, we're all mad here. This is the story of Alice in Wonderland. This is Toys For Us.
0: All of my best friends are toys, oh boy, all of my best friends are toys, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy.
1: hello you've done it you've you've survived another easter aka cryptid resurrection day because we all know jesus is a cryptid
0: and that is a reference to our other podcast legends and
1: libations it is a a reference to that but it's also a stone cold truth also that think about this multiplies food walks on water gives vision to the blind was killed and resurrected some people believe in him some people don't jesus is a cryptid
0: jesus is a cryptid
1: that should have been the fucking title of that podcast honestly
0: what you think we it should have just been called jesus Jesus is a cryptid cryptid. yeah yeah is it too late to change
1: i would say i would say so we've we've already changed enough we went through so many fucking changes though. we we've
0: used up our one yeah. wish on facebook to change our facebook name so i guess we're stuck with it
1: yeah but that could be a side series jesus was encrypted
0: i feel like every episode we we make a new side project that we want to do that's true every single one it's tradition
1: it is you know what else is a tradition?
0: Um, what?
1: Uh, reading uh, Alice no. in Wonderland. Yeah, uh, no?
0: <laughs> the nonsense has already
1: started for this episode. It Sorry. is. Sorry, go on, go on. Uh, this is the Toys for Us podcast. Mm. We are a toy history podcast. Toy being a very loose term now. Because we've expanded to include, you know, books, T V shows, video games, what have you.
0: That's why I call it the Millennial Nostalgia Podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I feel like that's more of an all encompassing blanket term that, you know, about sums it Because it's it it works, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's all the stuff that we grew we're up with. Grew up
1: with, yeah. That were us.
0: It were us.
1: It were us indeed. And now we're just worn down.
0: Yeah, isn't that a Twenty One Pilots song or whatever?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, close. Okay. That's like that's like the Kids Bop version, right? Yeah. Um, my name is Richard Hunt, and with me once again is the wickedly talented Adele DeZem, better known as Heather.
0: Yes, that's right. That's a cute reference, by the way.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, it's honestly one of the best moments in television history. I
0: don't know how that happened. How do you look at the card and see Adina Menzel
1: and make Adele Dazeem? Adele Nazim? You know what's funny about Adele Nazim is it sounds like Lewis Carroll would have made it up. It's like right up there with the Jabberwocky.
0: Oh, you're sh- yeah, that's right.
1: right.
0: Yes. It sounds like a crazy character. Yeah.
1: I ate cream and beans with Adele Dazeem. you <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. I don't know what the fuck any of that means, but you, you do. <laughs>
0: so, was he on drugs or what?
1: He was not on drugs.
0: Oh, boy. I feel like that's worse.
1: It's a little worse.
0: It's like you don't have an excuse for any of this shit, man.
1: I mean... That's that's debatable. But we'll get into we'll get into why.
0: Alright, tell me the story. (laughs) Let's go!
1: Okay, so we're going to start our story on January twenty seventh, eighteen thirty two in the village of Daresbury, England.
0: That already that sounds like a fucking Alice in Wonderland place. Right?
1: Daresbury. Okay.
0: Daresbury.
1: Mm. Adjacent to Truthsbury. Mm. Mm. Uh, This is where we meet up with Charles and Frances Jane Dodgson Two parents who had already Had the pleasure of being parents to their Two daughters, Frances Jane A.K.A. Fanny and Elizabeth Lucy But on this day they brought into the world Charles Lutwidge Dodgson Lutwidge is uh, his mother's surname
0: Okay they probably should have just left that one in the past, but okay.
1: But I mean, like, what does this say? Okay, their first daughter was named after the mother, and the mm-hmm. first son was named after the father and the mother's mother. <laughs> like, we get it. You like uh. yourself? Uh. <laughs> 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 Fuck.
0: Uh, that's like when the when families have a kid and and like they name it after the dad, and then they have another son and just name that one after the dad yeah. too. It's like I'm really, the third? dude. Uh, yeah, Amara but now. it's like the dad's name is Charles and then they have uh-huh. a son and it's Charles Jr. and then they have another son they're like, uh, also Charles?
1: Charles Jr. is like the knockoff Charles Jr. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Interestingly enough the pair would go on to have eight more children giving them a grand total of 11 kids in 18 years.
0: I feel like I would just like Pull a gun on my husband if he tried to approach me after, like, child number three. You know what I mean? I'd be like, "Uh -uh."
1: uh-uh! Back up. You put the reverse bear trap from Saw down below? (laughs) I don't think so, buddy. (laughs) We're
0: done. This thing is closed. I want to play the game.
1: (laughs) You've already given me three children. I don't want any more.
0: Exactly. And that's basically what you had for birth control back in the day was a shotgun
1: yeah birth control shotgun sounds like a country song <laughs> yeah shotgun wedding shotgun birth control that's right yep um Charles Dodgson senior was a highly renowned reverend he was very puritanical and authoritarian uh but and those who knew him said that he was a pious and gloomy man avoid i mean almost devoid of any sense of humor goody. Uh, yet from his letters to his son, there is recorded evidence of a remarkable sense of fun. For example, in one letter to his son, he speaks of screaming in the middle of a street. Oh, the Ironmongers, ironmongers, 600 men will rush out their shops in a moment. Fly, fly, and all screwdriver and ring. And if they are not brought directly in 40 seconds, I will leave nothing but one small cat alive in the whole town of Leeds. And I shall only leave that because I shall not have time to kill it. Because, uh... you know, that's funny. It sounds like a pretty weird to do list, dude. If if somebody wrote that now, call it like, the cops. Um, They would say number fifteen: the guy who killed all the cats in Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh my the god! The last thing you want is to leave a cat alive in Leeds, but sometimes you have to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is amazing. Like, just do the whole. Just do that <laughs> oh, for the whole God. podcast. Oh. Just His do mother, that.
1: however, was the essence of a Victorian gentlewoman. <laughs> like, why does he <laughs> say things so weird. Uh,
0: the, pull out the Aaron Mankey next, and just be like, "Oh God, I will leave no cats alive in Leeds."
1: <laughs> God Almighty. Well, imagine those two doing a collaboration.
0: I want it so bad. W- where's Where's the Kickstarter for that?
1: Like, take all my money. Please. Please do it. The last thing you want is Aaron Menke. <laughs> From lore. <laughs> oh, if
0: some of the bonus content we should offer for people is just all... All of the times that we make fun of Aaron Mankey. Just oh. all of the jokes that we make, all of the references, all of the times where we Which do the thing. Which is a the sad thing.
1: trajectory because, honestly, Lore is one of the podcasts that made me want to make a podcast. Listen, I love Lore. Like, I'm not making fun of him in, like, a mean
0: way. I'm making fun of him because he's just such a character. You know what he I is. mean? Like he is. He it's, it's just one of those things where you... You know, they're just so easily parodiable. Yeah. That's not
1: a word. It's like the Gilbert Gottfried of podcasts. Exactly. Which is ironic because Gilbert Gottfried does have a podcast. Does he really? Oh, yeah. Oh.
0: Yeah. Oh, Oh, come to mama.
1: (laughs) Oh, I need. Oh.
0: yes. Jafar! (laughs) (laughs) I don't even care what it is. I just want it. I just want to listen to him talk forever
1: yeah it's it's pretty fucking good honestly (laughs) yeah
0: oh what were we talking about we
1: were talking about his mother
0: (laughs) (laughs) i remember when you told me about that guy and you did that impression and i was like oh ha ha like i totally thought you were being dramatic yeah and like you know kind of riffing on it and making it more obnoxious than it was and then i heard it and i i think i laughed for like three days because it was so spot on yeah it's
1: 100 percent. i
0: lost thought. my shit i completely lost my shit i had and no like, idea
1: he knows the english language that's his language but mm-hmm. when he doesn't know how to say a word he googles it and just says it off of how it's pronounced so uh-huh. there's a video sabrina showed me of him saying mischievous <laughs> Uh-huh. But how it sounds on Google, I guess, is mischievish. <laughs> so he's in his video, like, the man was acting very mischievish. <laughs>
0: he and Aaron Makey are both aliens that Oh, that's studied, the only thing that can explain it. They studied one weird human being and, and learned to the best like of their that, ability. Him,
1: those two and Christopher Walken, they all came together at the same time.
0: This is a sitcom that we need in our life.
1: Oh my god, yeah. Just
0: those three dudes.
1: Wow, Aaron Mankey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? Throw William Shatner in there, too. Oh my god, yeah. You're right. And mm-hmm. Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> Um What's this podcast about? Like, what... A- Oh, uh...
1: Oh, yeah. Back to his mother. Uh, (laughs) His mother was the essence of a Victorian gentlewoman. As described by her son, she was one of the sweetest and gentlest women I have ever known, and one who was known to give love. Okay. Sounds like the uh, bare minimum for a mother, but go off, I guess. (laughs) Like, she actually loved us? Wow. Uh... Okay. Mother of the year. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the childhood of young Charles Jr. was relatively pleasant, full of ideas and hobbies that hobbies that contributed to his future creative works. Hobbities. hobbies, <laughs>
0: <Hobbities.
1: laughs> it's my favorite thing uh. ever. <laughs> uh, Yes, <laughs> hobbies, Hobbities. My favorite Lord of the Rings spinoff is the Hobbities. <laughs> yeah okay i'll leave you alone for now uh his life at daresbury was secluded though and his playmates were mostly his brothers and sisters class distinctions did not permit much socializing between children of the uh, parsonage and lesser parish children
0: wow that was a tongue twister
1: yeah i know what's crazy on that one is that him and several of his siblings would develop a stutter which had okay. more than one author suggesting that, at least in his case, his stammer may have arisen from his parents' attempts to correct his left handedness. <clears throat> Ooh. Which bummer. I, I mean, I was gonna be left handed. My mom corrected me. Do I stutter? I say hobbies.
0: Yeah. So clearly, you have a brain defect.
1: Wow. Well, thanks. You're welcome. Uh, Issa Bowman, a childhood friend, had said that whenever adults approached him. On their walks his speech became extremely difficult to understand apparently he panicked his shyness and stammering always seemed worse when he was in the world of adults and this stammering made him into a bit of a loner and explained somewhat his fascination with puzzles and an- anagrams solitary games to amuse himself mm-hmm. which makes sense
0: yeah it was probably a psychological thing
1: yeah Also, your dad thinks killing cats is funny, so if you have a stutter, I think that's probably the lesser of all evils there. Yeah. You could have gone one way, or you could have gone the Dahmer way and just, like, kill birds and keep them in boxes under your bed. (laughs) You know.
0: (laughs) it's not funny at all. Uh,
1: In fact, a great deal of his childhood was spent taking care of his little sisters. At home, it was he who was in charge of these seven sisters, and his imagination was constantly being exercised in order to entertain them.
0: So he was the one boy. He has seven sisters.
1: He, so he has seven sisters. He's the oldest son. And there's three more boys.
0: Oh. I th- oh, God. So there's... How many is that? There's I mean, 11 you promised, kids. You promised you'd never do math. So, 11 children. For the love children. of God. Yeah. Oh, Ugh. Ugh.
1: Yeah. That woman probably can't even walk anymore. Well, I mean, sh- we'll get to it, but... 11 kids between 18 years means that there's an 18-year age gap between the oldest and the youngest. Oh, boy. Yeah. No. That's that's a whole ass, uh, you finished high school in between. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. Wild. Uh, In one of his fanciful story games that he invented, he imagined a sort of railway game. As one of the rules of the game, at least three trains had to run over the passengers in order for the passengers to be attended to by the physicians. Mm-hmm. Wonder where he got that sense of humor from.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, this sounds like Daddy.
1: Yeah. Please, let's never refer to Charles Dodgson Jr. as Daddy. And we'll get there. <laughs> it is not a good time. Okay uh fortunately though rarely were his amusements cruel and when the family moved to the croft rectory in yorkshire where charles senior assumed archdeaconry charles jr wrote directed and performed light fun plays and he also manipulated puppets and marionettes for his friends uh friends and family in addition to the plays that he wrote and the scripts that he composed for his puppet theater he also wrote poems stories and humorous sketches for his own magazines in his useful and instructive poetry magazine, for example, a volume that was composed for his younger brother and sister, he satirized a copy of a stern, dogmatic maxims. In his poem, he alluded to his own handicap. Learn well your grammar and never stammer. Eat bread with butter. Once more, don't stutter. Oh, this okay. motherfucker's spittin'. Yeah. Alright, let's throw up in totally. the- a soundcloud beat over that. Bars. Bars. At the age of 12, he joined the Richmond Grammar School in Yorkshire, and in 1846, he entered the Rugby School, where he experienced three years of of unhappiness from being bullied. Nevertheless, he continued to excel in academics. In 1849, he left the Rugby School to spend a year under his father's guidance at Christchurch, and he remained there for 47 years. But two days after entering Christchurch, he received word of his mother's death. His mother died at the age of 47. Could you imagine being 47 okay. and so having 11 kids?
0: I was going to say, if she died at 47, she must have started she having started kids really 20, young.
1: Is she, she started 25. She started at
0: 25? Okay, that's yes. not crazy young, but like she had a baby a year then, pretty much. Yeah, basically. Ugh.
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah. Nuts. Miserable. Nuts just forget your own kids who the fuck is this oh
0: like oh this is is this one of my kids or is that is this a neighborhood kid or one of mine i I don't fucking know i don't care. yeah
1: yeah um you uh it's like jane silent bob uh the fat one's watching the little one
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah she probably just refers to them by number because how could you even remember that many names
1: yeah yeah
0: my parents can't even like get me and my sister's names right. There's only two of <laughs> us,
1: so. Yeah, yeah, my my dad would always call my sister, whose name is Nicole, he would call her Cole, or Coco, mm-hmm. but he would often call her Rick. I mean Cole.
0: Yeah, that's usually how it goes. <laughs> yeah. I'm H- I'm Kahether and she's K- Hakayla. Oh, okay. Those are H- our names. Hakayla Matata, basically.
1: Uh. His mother's death was something which deeply distressed him, and seemed to have worsened his stammering. Um, by all accounts, he was not an outgoing student. Studi? Wow. Studi. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! I, need I to can't. Re-say this. I can't. I can't. <laughs> he was not an outgoing student. With little money, and because of this, uh, and his stammer, his circle of friends always remained small. Yet in his academic work, he applied himself with the same energy and devotion that characterized his career at Rugby. He won scholarship prizes, honors and classical exams, and also won first prize in mathematics.
0: He's a Jesus. fuck.
1: He is a huge math nerd. Like he wrote oh twelve god. books on mathematics.
0: Oh my god! So he can he can pretty much do it all.
1: Yeah, including a lot of other things that we get to. Except like
0: get a sentence out, but you know that's okay. Neither mm. can you today either. So okay.
1: you know what? It's because I learned a lot of shopping things. And it, we'll get there we'll get, we'll I really there. don't care. It's the most entertaining thing that's happened to me in
0: weeks, so please keep fucking up these words it's <laughs> It's just thrilling me, wow, well,
1: thanks. um, his scholastic efforts were rewarded by a lifetime fellowship and a residency at Christchurch. so long as he remained unmarried and proceeded to take holy orders. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh,
0: doesn't sound like the beginning of anything good.
1: it's not okay. <laughs> Though he performed well in college, he was easily distracted and lacked concentration. In 1852, he secured first-class honors in mathematics and was nominated to a scholarship shortly thereafter. In 1854, the year he received his BA degree and uh, he began publishing poetry, in his student magazines, the Whitby Gazette. His writings had already established him as both a superb raconteur and a humorist at Oxford, and in 1854 began to seriously teach himself how to express his thoughts in proper literary form. In 1856, he, for the first time, used the pen name Lewis Carroll, while publishing a romantic poem called Solitude in the publication The Train, which goes, I love the stillness of the wood, that's what she said, I love the music of the rill, I love to couch in pensive mood upon some silent hill scars heard beneath yon arching trees the silver crested ripples pass and like a mimic brook the breeze whispers among the grass Here, from the world i win release nor scorn of men nor footstep rude break in to mar the holy peace of this great solitude ye golden hours of life's young spring of innocence of love of truth bright beyond all imagining thou fairy dream of youth i'd give all wealth that years have piled the slow result of life's decay, to be once more a little child for one bright summer day.
0: Well, that was uplifting.
1: Yeah. What threw me down a, pun unintended here, rabbit hole... Mm-hmm. Is that Lewis Carroll was actually a really big inspiration to many parts of the horror video game series, Silent Hill.
0: I was just going to ask that. I've never played that game, but I I know the name of it.
1: Like, Silent Hill is taken from this poem. And there's a bunch of puzzles within the Silent Hill games that are, like, derivative of things from Alice in Wonderland.
0: That's cool. Right? <clears throat> yeah.
1: I was like, oh, shit. Uh... The same year, a new dean of the college, Henry Liddell, arrived at Christchurch with his family. Carol became good friends with the dean's children, namely the three sisters, Lorena, Edith, and Alice. He spent a lot of time with them, amusing them with his interesting stories. On July 4th, 1852, Carol and a friend, Reverend Robinson Duckworth. 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 Ooh! Took the Liddell children, Lorena thirteen, Alice ten, and Edith eight on a boat ride. Up the Wait, Isis River. How
0: old is he at this point?
1: Uh let's see. It's nineteen fifty six twenty-four. 24 Okay. Yeah, he's twenty four at the time. Okay. Um He took them on a boat ride up the Isis River the local name for the Thames River. Uh, As they made their way upstream, he began telling a story about the underground adventures of a little girl named Alice. According to Duckworth, the story was actually composed and spoken over my shoulder for the benefit of Alice Liddell, who was acting as Cox of our gig. I remember turning around and saying, Dodgson, is this an extempore romance of yours? And he replied, yes, I'm inventing it as we go along. Upon disbarking, Alice asked Carol to write out Alice's adventures for her, and Carol promised to do so by the following Christmas, but the work was not completed until February 10th, 1963. By that time, Alice was 11, and Carol was no longer seeing her with the regularity that he used to. Now he had made a new friend, the famous ingenue Ellen Terry, who was nearly 17. His interest in Terry is the closest relationship that Carol had with an adult woman apart from his family, of course. What's odd is that Carol was very much into photography, and most of the little girls he had befriended, he took photos of. Most of which Mm -hmm. were nude. Oh. Uh, Uh. He was also a painter, choosing to uh, paint these Mm -hmm. girls in various forms of undress. Okay. Now he's known as saying the relationships were completely asexual, but is still widely debated as to whether or not Chris Hansen would want to have a chat with Lewis Carroll. <laughs> and here, ugh. here's a quote from Lewis Carroll about his penchant for taking photos of young girls.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: I confess, I do not admire naked boys in pictures. Oh, okay. Wrote. They always seem to me to need clothes, whereas <clears> one <throat> hardly sees why the lovely forms of girls should ever be covered up. Oh,
0: oh no. Yeah. I, my my face hurts from scrunching it up so much. Like yeah, it's like oh. you just ate thirty-five warheads
1: at once. Oh, that was, that was bad. That was. I feel. Ugh. <clears throat> yeah there's a picture of him and alice where she's either 11 or 12 and he is kissing her on the mouth
0: is that the thing you sent me yes that's what i thought i'm like i feel like this is a child kissing a man Uh... you are
1: correct which replaced him at about 25 or 26 what the fuck dude yeah not good
0: why Not does no good. one
1: talk about this? Same reason no one talks about the fact that Dr. Seuss cheated on his wife when she had cancer and she killed himself for it. <laughs> Wasn't he also racist? He was super racist.
0: Okay. Thought so.
1: That's why we're adding Lewis Carroll into the Toys R Us shitbag Hall of Fame. <laughs> right up with their uh, Richard Gruhl, who created Raggedy Ann, who was also very racist. Dr. Seuss. Theodore Geisel, who is you know racist and cheated on his dying wife he then mm. married the mistress by the way after the wife died oh ooh, boo yeah yeah uh the guy one of the guys who created the ViewMaster, because he was a nazi sympathizer
0: oh no i love my ViewMaster.
1: yeah um and now lewis carroll yay Not a good time. Oh, and the guy who technically got the sale for Monopoly because he literally just stole the idea from a woman. Oh. Well, fuck him, too. Yeah, not a good time. Not a good time. But uh, back to Alice in Wonderland here. Yep. Mm -hmm. From an initial length of 18,000 words, Carol's manuscript expanded to 35,000 words, and the famous English illustrator... John Tenniel, read it and consented to draw illustrations for it. As Carroll searched for a publisher, he gave anxious thoughts to a perfect title. Various ones came to him. Alice's Golden Hour, Alice's Hour in Elfland, Alice Among the Elves, Alice's Doings in Elfland, and Alice's Adventures Underground. Finally, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland was chosen, and Macmillan, the publishers for Oxford University, agreed to publish the book on a commission basis. Alice was immediately a critical success when it appeared in 1965, and the reader magazine called it a glorious artistic treasure, a book to be put on one's shelf as an antidote to the fit of the blues. Which, yeah. I'm it's never hard. Gonna, I'm
0: never going to be able to like think about Alice in Wonderland the same way.
1: I know, I know. It, it takes on a whole different life when you realize that it was written to appease uh, an 11-year-old girl he had a crush on. Listen. Ugh. History is not always pretty. And I I have had several people tell me that I ruined their childhood. But it's like if you don't if you don't know these things and people don't know these things, then you're just living like blissful ignorance. Right. But you're also allowing their behavior to go unchecked.
0: Right. Yeah, we have to like shine a light on these things yeah. so that We know in the future not to allow these people to do this shit.
1: Like, Dr. Seuss is so well-known. There's, like, Dr. Seuss Day and all this shit. He's widely ingrained in childhood. And he he never won't be. But it's (laughs) fucked up that he is, given all the things that he did. He he only started drawing for children's books because he wanted to make uh, an illustrated book of naked women. And that was, like, the caveat. He had to write a children's book. Oh... Fuck I off. I know. Ridiculous. The Pall Mall Gazette wrote that this delightful little book is a children's feast and a triumph of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Triumph of nonsense. Name of my sex tape. <laughs> uh, about 180,000 copies of Alice were uh, in various editions were sold in England during Carol's lifetime. By 1911, there were almost 700,000 copies in print. Since Hmm. then, with the expiration of the original copyright in 1907, the book has been translated into every major language, and now it has become a perennial bestseller, ranking up there with the works of Shakespeare and the Bible in popular demand. In the words of the critic Derek Hudson, The most remarkable thing about Alice is that though it springs from the very heart of the Victorian period, it is timeless in its appeal. This is a characteristic that it shares with other classics, a small band, that have similarly conquered the world. Later in 1871. Er, oh, wow. 191871,
0: yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, oh, yes, a great year. <laughs> Back to 191871. <laughs> uh, later in 1871, Carol published the sequel Through the Looking Glass and What Alice Found There. Most often referred to as Just Through the Looking Glass. So, just for the sake of living underneath a rock what is the story of alice and her adventures you have chapter one alice a seven-year-old girl feeling bored and drowsy while sitting on the riverbank with her elder sister notices a talking clothed white rabbit with a pocket watch run past she follows the rabbit down a hole and is suddenly whisked away down a long curious hall with many locked doors of all sizes she finds a little key to a door too small for her to fit through but through the keyhole she sees an attractive garden she then discovers a, a, on a table a bottle labeled drink me the contents of which cause her to shrink too small to reach the key which had left on the table she subsequently eats each she subsequently each. subsequently eats a cake labeled eat me eat me eat me <laughs> Stampy eat <each> me <laughs> And the chapter closes. In chapter 2, The Pool of Tears, the chapter opens with Alice growing to a tremendous size that her head hits the ceiling. Unhappy, she begins crying and her tears literally flood the hallway. Shrieking down again due to a fan she had picked up, she swims through her own tears and meets a mouse who is swimming as well. Alice, thinking he may be a French mouse, tries to make small talk with him in elementary French. Her opening gambit, french some french bullshit i'm not gonna to try to speak french okay <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: so much smiling it hurts my face she
1: basically says to him in french where is my cat and that offends him because you know he's a mouse
0: uh
1: huh in chapter three the cockless race and a long tail The Sea of Tears becomes crowded with other animals and birds that may have been swept away by the rising waters. Alice and the other animals convene on the bank, and the question among them is how to get dry again. Mouse gives them a very dry lecture on William the Conqueror. Adodo decides that the best thing to dry them off would be a caucus race, which consists of everyone running in a circle with no clear winner. Hmm. You know, like, a a real fucking caucus.
0: (laughs) Right. Insert joke here.
1: Insert modern-day Lewis Carroll, a.k.a. Joe Biden. (laughs) Oh. Huh? Huh? Ooh. Ooh. Am I wrong? No. Tell me Lewis Carroll didn't sniff no hair. No goddamn well he did. He
0: for sure did. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure.
1: Uh, Alice eventually frightens all the animals away, unwittingly, by talking about her ferocious cat. Chapter 4. The Rabbit Sends a Little Bill. White Rabbit appears again in search of the Duchess's gloves and fans. Mistaking her for his maid servant, Marianne, Rabbit orders Alice to go to the house and retrieve them. Inside the house, she finds another little bottle and drinks from it, immediately beginning to grow again. The horrified Rabbit orders his gardener, Bill the Lizard, to climb on the roof and go down the chimney. Outside, Alice hears the voices of animals that have gathered to gawk at her giant arm. The crowd hurls pebbles at her, which turn into little cakes, and Alice eats them, reducing <laughs> her to a normal size again. Okay. You know. Yeah. Uh, chapter 5, Advice from a Caterpillar. Alice comes upon a mushroom, and sitting on it is the blue caterpillar smoking a hookah. Caterpillar questions Alice, who begins to admit to her current identity crisis, compounded by her abil- inability to remember a poem. Uh, And before crawling away, the caterpillar tells Alice that one side of the mushroom will will make her taller, and the other side will make her shorter. She breaks off two pieces of the mushroom. One side makes her shrink smaller than ever, while another causes her neck to grow high into the trees, where a pigeon mistakes her for a serpent. Because, you know, why the fuck not? With some effort, Alice brings herself back to normal height, and she stumbles upon a small estate and uses the mushroom to reach a more appropriate height. Chapter 6, Pig and Pepper, which makes me wonder if Peppa Pig is named after oh. this chapter.
0: Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. see that.
1: Peppa, what are you doing in my Alice in Wonderland?
0: Peppa Pig is gangsta as fuck.
1: Yeah, she really is. Um, let's see. A fish footman has an invitation for the Duchess of the House, which he delivers to a frog footman. Alice observes this transaction, and after a perplexing conversation with the frog, lets herself into the house. You know, just white people things. Mm. The duchess's cook is throwing dishes and making a soup that has too much pepper, which causes Alice, the duchess, and her baby, but not the cook, or Cheshire Cat, to sneeze violently. Alice is given the baby by the duchess, and to Alice's surprise, the baby turns into a pig. The Cheshire Cat appears in a tree, directing her to the March Hare's house. He disappears, but his grin remains behind to float on its own, in the, air prompting, no, in the air prompting Alice to remark that she has often seen a cat without a grin, but never a grin without a cat. Hmm. Chapter 7. A Mad Tea Party Alice becomes a guest at a mad tea party along with the March Hare and the Hatter, and a very tired Dormouse, who falls asleep frequently only to be violently awakened moments later by the March Hare and the Hatter. The characters give Alice many riddles and stories, including the famous, why is a raven like a writing desk, and the Hatter reveals that they have tea all day because time has been pushed by eternally standing still at 6pm. Okay. Because, you know, perpetual 6pm.
0: Isn't that where we're all at right now?
1: Honestly, yeah. You're
0: not wrong. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, and Mm -hmm. also everywhere, all the time.
1: Wow. Wow. It's real profound, Jimmy Buffett. Thank you. Featuring Alan Jackson. Alice becomes insulted and tired of being bombarded with riddles. She leaves claiming that it was the stupidest tea party she had ever been to. <laughs> you know, also white people things. Alice is just a Karen. Right, she's just
0: like, um, out of all the tea parties I've ever been to, that one this was is by the far the stupidest. stupidest.
1: Yeah. Chapter 8 the queen's croquet, gar- uh, croquet ground alice leaves the tea party and enters the garden where she comes upon three living playing cards painting the white roses on a rose tree red because the queen of Hearts hate white hates white roses a procession of more cards and kings and queens and even the white rabbit enters the garden alice then meets the king and queen The queen, a figure difficult to please, introduces her signature phrase, Off With His Head, which is a fucking banger of a song by the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. Off with Head! Yes. Uh, another patron saint, Karen o. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, Alice is invited, or some might say ordered, to play a game of croquet with the queen and the rest of the subjects, but the game quickly descends into chaos. Live flaming- flamingos are used as mallets and hedgehogs as balls, and Alice once again meets the Cheshire Cat. Queen of Hearts then orders the cat to be beheaded, only to have her executioner complain that it is possible since the head is all that can be seen of him. Because the cat belongs to the Duchess, the Queen is prompted to, to release the Duchess from prison to resolve the matter. Chapter 9. The Mock Turtle Story The Duchess is brought to the croquet ground at Alice's request. She ruminates on finding morals in everything around her. The Queen of Hearts dismisses her on the threat of execution and says introduces Alice to the Griffin, who takes her to the mock turtle. The mock turtle is very sad, even though he has no sorrow. Man, that's deep. Yeah. That's deep. Uh he tries to sell to tell his story about how he used to be a real turtle in school, which the griffin interrupts so they can play the game. Chapter ten. The Lobster Quadrille the mock turtle and the griffin dance to the lobster Quadrille, which alice recites rather incorrectly tis the voice of the lobster the mock turtle sings them beautiful soup during which griffin drags alice away for an impending trial beautiful chapter 11 soup. yeah beautiful yeah <laughs> beautiful soup
0: sounds like yeah. a song i would make up when i'm drunk
1: sounds like a song i would make up when i'm sober <laughs> <laughs> just pulling things out of a cabinet. It sounds like a Mighty Boosh song. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Uh Mm-hmm. Chapter 11, Who Stole the Tarts? Alice attends a trial whereby the knave of hearts is accused of stealing the queen's tarts. The jury is composed of various animals, including Bill the Lizard, the White Rabbit, who is the court's trumpeter, and the judge is the king of hearts. During the proceedings, Alice finds that she is steadily growing larger, larger, larger—steadily larger. <laughs> <laughs> I just turned into the fucking Swedish chef. It's like a yes. werewolf, but he's just the Swedish chef. He's like, I guys, would- no, it's a, it's a, it's a fool moon. I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> uh,
0: You're right. like a a muppet.
1: Oh my god! Wouldn't that just be Rolf? <laughs>
0: uh yeah i I guess
1: a werewolf muppet it would be rolf
0: poor rolf
1: i know uh the dormouse scolds alice and tells her she has no right to grow at such a rapid pace and take up all the air you have no right you have no right girl alice scoffs and calls the dormouse's accusation ridiculous because everyone grows and she cannot help it meanwhile witnesses at the trial include the hatter who displeases and frustrates the king through his indirect answers to the questioning and the duchess's cook Chapter 12, Alice's Evidence. Alice is then called up as a witness. She accidentally knocks over the jury box with the animals inside them, and the king orders the animals to be placed back into their seats before the trial continues. The king and queen order Alice to be gone, er, citing Rule 42, all persons more than a mile high, to leave the court. But Alice disputes their judgment and refuses to leave. She argues with the king and queen of hearts over the ridiculous proceedings, eventually refusing to hold her tongue only to say it's not that i was the one who stole the tarts in the first place in the process finally the queen confirms that alice was the culprit responsible for stealing the tarts after all which automatically pardons the knave of hearts of all his charges and shouts off with her head but alice is unafraid calling them just a pack of cards wow -hmm. alice that's pretty fucking racist i
0: know right they can't help what they are
1: yes Uh, Alice holds her own for a time, although the card gang soon's gang... Card gang? Wow, this is hard. (laughs) Oh, that was great. There's just, like, so many fucking words here.
0: No, honestly, you've said a lot of sentences without making a mistake that I was like, damn. Yeah. Like, there's some real tongue twisters in this story.
1: There really is. The card guards soon gang up and start to swarm all over her. Alice's sister wakes her up from a dream, brushing what turns to be out some leaves and not a shower of playing cards from Alice's face. Alice leaves her sister on the bank to imagine all the curious happenings for herself. Whew. Nice. As As Lewis Carroll was a mathematician at Christchurch, it has been suggested that there are many references and mathematical concepts in both this story and through the looking glass. Ew, gross. (laughs) Literary scholar Melanie Bailey asserted in the magazine New Scientist that Dodgson wrote uh, Alice in Wonderland in its final form as a scathing satire on new modern mathematics that were emerging in the mid-19th century.
0: I fucking hate this guy.
1: Yeah, what a fucking math nerd pedophile.
0: Fuck off, dude. Just write uh, a story
1: and calm down. (laughs) Continuing the sequence, giving up three bases each time, the result will continue to be less than 20 in the corresponding base notation. I don't know what the fuck any of this means.
0: Yeah, I, I don't either, and I don't care to, to be honest.
1: After 4 times 12 equals 19 in base 39, the product will be 4 times 13 equals 1A in base 42. That 1B, 1C, 1D, and so on. Right. Riveting. I'm on the edge of my seat.
0: The limit does not exist.
1: There you go. A far more sophisticated jump is to consider that the concepts of two and three by themselves, just like a grin, originally seemingly depended on the cat, separated conceptually by its physical object. Again, I don't know what the fuck any of that means.
0: Yeah, it genuinely sounded to me like you were speaking a different language. <laughs>
1: I just spoke Simlish for like four minutes straight.
0: Yeah, you may has, has well. May <laughs> yeah, has fun. well. Fuck off. You may has well. You may as well.
1: Good lord. What is happening?
0: I don't know. We're bo- we both destroyed our brains.
1: I don't think we did. I think he did.
0: Oh. Yeah, fuck him.
1: Fuck him. Give me my brain cells back.
0: Uh,
1: there has been just a fucking insane amount of adaptations of Alice in Wonderland. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Alice in Wonderland, 1903. Alice in Adventures of Wonderland, 1910. Alice in Wonderland, 1915. Alice in Wonderland, 1931. Alice in Wonderland, 1933. Alice in Wonderland, 1937. Alice, 1946. Alice in Wonderland, 1948. Alice in Wonderland, 1949. Alice in Wonderland, 1950. Alice in Wonderland, 1951, Alice in Wonderland, 1955, Alice in Wonderland, parentheses, or What's a Nice Kid Like You Doing in a Place Like This, 1966, which was uh, animated by Hanna Barbera, Alice in Wonderland, 1966, Alice Through the Looking Glass, 1966, Alice Adventures in Wonderland, 1972, Alice in Wonderland, 1973. Alice Through the Looking Glass, 1973. Alice in Wonderland, 1976. Alice in Wonderland, 1981. Alice at the Palace, 1982. Alice through the Looking Glass, 1982. Alice in Wonderland, 1982. Alice in Wonderland, 1983. Alice in Wonderland, 1983. Alice in Wonderland, 1985. Alice in Wonderland, 1985. Dream Child, 1985. Alice in Wonderland, 1986. Alice through the Looking Glass, 1987. Alice in Wonderland, 1988. Alice, 1988. Sugar and Spice, Alice in Wonderland, 1991. Alice in Wonderland, 1995. Alice Through the Looking Glass, 1998. Uh, That's a TV movie with Kate Beckinsale as Alice. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Alice in Wonderland, 1999. Alice Underground, 1999. Alice, a miniseries, 2009. Alice in Wonderland, 2010. That's the Tim Burton one. Uh, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, 2014. CBB's Alice in Wonderland 2015 and Alice with the Looking Glass 2016, which is the sequel to the Tim Burton one.
0: Gosh. Nowhere
1: does it reference the just extremely underrated Disney show Adventures in Wonderland.
0: I fucking loved that show.
1: It was so fucking good. It was so good you. Okay. Nowhere, nowhere does it mention.
0: Well, fuck them. I know. You wouldn't know art if it punched you in the face.
1: Right. You wouldn't know art if it kissed your 11 year old daughter on the mouth. (laughs) 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 Oh! Oh! You know?
0: So, whatever happened to that guy?
1: Um, Lewis Carroll.
0: I hope he fucking died at 30.
1: No. He definitely did not die at 30. Ugh. He lived a very long life. No! Boo! No! Die! No! Ugh. He died of pneumonia following the flu on January 14th, 1898 at his sister's home, the Chestnuts, in Guildford, in the country of Surrey. Um... He was two weeks away from turning sixty-six years old.
0: Well, yeah, which in eighteen ninety-eight was like yeah, ninety-six yeah, years right, old.
1: You're right. You're right.
0: Yeah. I was
1: gonna, uh... Uh, Alice in Wonderland has shown up in a care as a Care Bears movie. Um, just a shitload of video games, including the amazing. American McGee's Alice.
0: Which, okay. if you
1: were a a young goth growing up in the early 2000s, you would see the skinny, tattooed Cheshire Cat at Hot Topic all the time. Uh, there was a early 70s psychedelic theme PSA called Alice, in which a girl learns about drug use in Wonderland.
0: Interesting choice. Mm-hmm if anything that's gonna make you want to do it more right damn that's cool yeah if i do drugs i get to go to wonderland
1: like fuck yes
0: sign me up for two
1: (laughs) for two i would like two two drugs please Please. (laughs) holy shit (laughs) that's fucking good that is good um Trying to see everything that I'd already said about.
0: It also is the subject of a fantastic song.
1: Oh, yes. I I have that in the fact in the box. Oops, sorry. It's okay. That's the power of editing.
0: I don't know what's in the box.
1: What's in the fucking box? (laughs) That movie's so off-putting because it's weird to see that version of brad pitt swearing it's it that feels version. very forced
0: because he's like little twink brad pitt
1: yeah then. yeah he's he's not like inglorious bastards you're right you're right right yeah so he's like what's in the fucking box you're like oh stop
0: you're like little boy <laughs> does your mother know that you're using that language
1: uh shut up <laughs> Shut the fuck shit up, ass! (laughs) (laughs) You're just trying to like throw words in there to see what. Bitch, shit, fuck, piss. Shut the, shut the fuck, piss, bitch, ass up, piss, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh.
0: Ah! Piss, bitch! Ah! It's my new favorite insult. Uh, Piss, bitch!
1: Uh, You fucking, you, bitch, fuck. Piss bitch! Piss bitch. Piss bitch also a hundred percent sounds like a kink fan. No. Oh, you're my little piss bitch. Oh, <laughs>
0: no. I would stab someone. Stab <laughs> them just
1: immediately. Some dude slides into your DMs and hey, you wanna do my piss bitch. I feel like, excuse me, what the fuck? <laughs> I feel but you know what? I, I take that back. I feel like piss bitches are one hundred percent dudes. <laughs> Like, a dude would slide in your DMs and and pay you money to piss on him. Let me be, be your like, piss bitch. Let me be your piss bitch. <laughs> I will be your piss bitch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough money in the world that could get me to call someone a piss bitch.
1: What if it's like, if you piss on me, I'll give you $500,000, but you have to call me piss bitch the entire time. <laughs> I'd be
0: like, oh... Definitely not. Then I'm gonna <laughs> refund you
1: right now. I mean, just Venmo you back those five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> to the care of a uh, uh, piss bitch. <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: man, this fell apart, and it fell apart quick.
1: <laughs> it did. You it got to never fall apart? <laughs> Fatty, the fact okay. is box. <laughs> okay. Ah, good segue, huh? Now, there is no record as to why Lewis Carroll was cut off from the Liddell family, but some believe it was because he proposed marriage to young Alice. Which I believe, because he he would spend so much time with his family and then all of a sudden nothing. Like, he ostracized himself. Or what? so it seemed. But it's more likely that he proposed to the daughter and the daughter told the dad and he's like... uh stay the fuck away from my family
0: like we're moving the country and uh
1: changing we're moving moving the whole country (laughs) (laughs) yeah um lewis carroll suffered from a rare neurological disorder that caused strange hallucinations and affects the size of visual objects which can make the sufferer feel bigger or smaller than they are which is you know just the entire theme of that book Right. Uh, this disease, first discovered by English phys- er, psychiatrist John Todd in 1955, was later named Alice in Wonderland Syndrome. It is also known as Todd's Syndrome. Gotcha. The novels were banned in China in 1931 on the grounds that animals should not use human language. Uh... uh... It feels like one of those weird, like, old United States laws that, like, you can't have an ice cream cone on your pocket on a Wednesday.
0: You can't ride your donkey through town on a Sunday
1: afternoon. Yeah. You're like, what? You, you <laughs> You're like, wait, who? How you did you get this banned? You can't who ba- kiss your wife on a Tuesday night when it's hailing. Who did this? Who <laughs> fucked this up? <laughs> Somebody really fucked it up. <laughs> Well, it's like that's why there's stickers on like machines where you shouldn't put your hand in.
0: Uh huh. Right. It's like don't put your b- don't did. put your baby in the washing machine. You're like, wait, who? Who did but, that? But I say
1: she'll get cleaner so much sooner. <laughs> I don't have time to wash my baby. <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> Ladies, are you tired of washing your baby separately from your wash? <laughs> Throw them in with the whites. <laughs> Never with the blacks because this is racist <laughs> times. <laughs> don't, don't forget to keep your colors separated just like real life. Right. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Um, the Dodo is based on Lewis Carroll himself. In the no book, shit. Carroll alludes to the 1862 boating trip that inspired the story by putting those present, Alice, her sisters, and Carol's Carol's colleague, in the story as birds. Carol was the dodo, named after his real name, Charles Dodgson. As one story goes, the author had a tendency to stammer, introducing himself as do Do dodgson
0: Yeah.
1: uh, his sometimes debilitating stutter prevented him from becoming a priest, leading him to mathematics and writing instead. It's probably for the
0: best that he didn't. I would say priest, so. Cause although, we know where that was going. I mean,
1: although to his own admission, he does not like little boys. So
0: doesn't matter. He's a fucking trendsetter.
1: That's true. That's true. Since its inception, Alice in Wonderland has not been out of print. Right. That's nuts.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: 1865. It's <laughs> a long time. Is when it came out. Also, it's weird that the copyright expired on it in 1907. Okay. So, like, anybody can make anything Alice in Wonderland-related. Like, to this day? Yeah. What? Yeah, it's one of those things. Oh. Yeah, once the copyright runs out, you can do whatever the fuck you want.
0: It's like a public domain? Yes, yes. Got it.
1: Um, After marrying and having three sons Two of whom died in World War I Alice Liddell experienced A brief bit of fame in the United States Hmm. She wrote in a letter To her her surviving son Carol Uh, I know But she was also groomed And You know what I mean like I feel very bad for her There was no chance of her having a normal life
0: if anyone needs me after this, I will be vomiting for the next several hours.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's not good. Um, She wrote a letter to her son that she was, quote, tired of being Alice in Wonderland. Okay. Uh, as a teenager, Alice Liddell met Queen Victoria's younger son, Prince Leopold. The pair fell in love but couldn't wed because she was not of royal blood. She married a man named Reginald Hargreaves, and the prince tied the knot with a German princess. In 1883, Leopold had a daughter whom he named Alice. In turn, Alice named her second son, Leopold, and her first love became his godfather. What a mess. A hot mess. What are you people doing? (laughs) This is very much Kentucky trailer park behavior. Seriously,
0: listen, if I married a guy and we had a daughter and he was like, I'm going to name her, you know, I'm going to name her Sarah. And like his ex's name was Sarah. I'd be like, dude. What? No. What the fuck have I done?
1: Yeah. I've yeah. made a
0: terrible mistake.
1: <laughs> Turn into fucking Joe Bluth. <laughs> I've I've made a terrible mistake. Yes. Um There is a large statue in Central Park depicting Alice's tea party with the Mad Hatter. Okay. Uh Charles denied that any of his publications were based on a real child, but there are hints hidden within the books. For example, there is a poem, A Boat Beneath a Sunny Sky, at the end of the book through the looking glass and what Alice found there, where if you take the first letter of each line of the poem, it spells out Alice's full name, Alice Pleasance Liddell. Great.
0: A that boat is beneath...
1: a child! <laughs> that is a child. A boat beneath a sunny sky, lingering onward dreamily in the evening of July. Children three that nestle there, eager eye and, will- and willing ear. Pleased a simple tale to hear Long has paled that sunny sky Echoes fade and memories die Autumn frost have slain July Still she haunts me, phantom-wise Alice moving under skies Never seen by waking eyes Children yet, the tale to hear Eager eye and willing ear Lovingly shall nestle near In a wonderland they lie Dreaming as the days go by Dreaming as the summers die Ever drifting down the stream Lingering in the golden gleam Life, what what is it but a dream? Okay. Yeah. There are a a bunch, and I can't even tell you how many I came across, that were extreme Lewis Carroll defenders.
0: Oh, no. Saying that
1: none of this was pedophilic. That's just how the times were back then. Yeah, dude. How would you know? You could also lynch an entire race freely and openly in the streets. Right. That doesn't make it right just because back then it was okay. Just because people
0: did it a lot back then doesn't mean it was a good idea. Like, doesn't right. mean it was the right thing to do. People did a lot of really fucked up shit back then. He
1: painted nude paintings of the same girls that he took nude photos of. There's always All of which defenders. were 13 and younger. Oh yeah, it's like Barf. people now consider pedophilia as like... Uh no, we're part of the LGBTQ. You're like, no the fuck no. you are not. No, you are not. No, you are not. You're like, stop. What the fuck is wrong with you?
0: Mm. Uh, the people yeah. who can the people who consider themselves trans age also.
1: Yes. And oh then
0: like God. and then they're like, oh I'm attracted to children, but I'm trans age. No. So
1: it's fine. Like, no, no. Dude, it no. Is not?
0: no, it is not. It's definitely not fine. It is not fine. None of this is fine. None of it is
1: fine at all.
0: Burn your house down with you inside it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's all you can really do. I
0: think that's probably the answer.
1: There's one of my favorite, like just videos in general, is this guy. He's in court. And he comes up and the judge is like, would you like to tell me what happened? He's like, yeah, I I got this new cellmate first night. He tells me what he's in there for. It was for he he molested a little girl. I said I didn't want to hear anymore. He kept going, so I waited till he fell asleep and I strangled him with my bed sheets. And the judge <laughs> the judge is like, You sound like you're very proud of this. He's like, Do you not feel any remorse? He's like, No, honestly I would do it again. Yeah. Fuck yeah. There's no place for that shit, man. No. There's not. <sighs> Bleh. Yeah. B
0: that was the best one that's the best fucking one out of all of them the best thank
1: you uh if you ever thought that wendy darling sounded like alice that's because she's actually voiced by the same actress oh uh she also came back to portray both characters in kingdom hearts which is wild because she Whoa. had to be old as shit yeah that. that is crazy uh, she also served as the live action reference model for both characters
0: oh cool
1: yeah uh it is rumored that lewis carroll intended the character of the mad hatter to be a grotesque caricature of a man named theo carter in Mm -hmm. fact everybody in oxford called him the mad hatter he was an eccentric british furniture dealer and had a habit of standing at the door of his shop in oxford wearing a top hat on the back of his head
0: Oh, there's always that fucking top hat douchebag
1: yep top hat douchebag was the victorian equivalent (laughs) of fedora bro yes
0: neck beard Uh uh-huh they used to wear top hats
1: neck mutton chops
0: (laughs) neck chops (laughs) yeah neck chops (laughs) oh as if it couldn't get any worse
1: and it did and it did uh lewis carroll's personal first edition copy of alice in wonderland sold at a u.s auction for 1.58 million dollars
0: oh okay yeah
1: uh Mm -hmm. after being badgered by fans for so long lewis carroll finally decided to write an answer for why is a raven like a writing desk oh yeah because it can produce a few notes, though they are very flat, and it is never put with the wrong end in front.
0: I knew it was going to be something
1: yeah, obnoxious. Yeah, just like him.
0: Right. I'm like, oh great, this is going to piss me off. And it's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Jefferson Airplane paid homage to this song with their 1967 hit, White Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Slaps. A fucking banger. A slap in the bass. Yeah. Oh, you're, like, oh. <laughs> you're just like oh my god you're just you're... hearing that song yeah. feeling like you've done so much acid <laughs> right but you didn't you didn't at all just like how could i could fuck with this
0: okay yeah it's so good
1: the list of people suspected of being jack the ripper is a long one and for some reason lewis carroll's on it
0: mm, you know what i'll allow it
1: i will allow it i will but... allow it he resented the girls because they had grown up to women. So they exactly,
0: he's like, "Ew, you're twenty years old. <laughs> Ew, icky." <eww>, <laughs>
1: uh, the burgers. Your took place skin is 18. like
0: sandpaper. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Oh god. Ugh! <laughs> uh, look how big your vagina is. I have to just <laughs> cut it out. I don't want to see it.
0: Icky. <laughs> Fully formed genitalia. <laughs> eww. Eww. <laughs> oh, is that a boob? <laughs> does
1: that does that breast have fat behind it? <laughs> is that is that is that body? Body. <laughs> body. <laughs> <laughs> body hair. <laughs> God almighty. Does she? Does she have? Does she have? Oh God! Does she have all her uh, all her adult teeth? Is
0: her brain fully formed? Oh. <laughs> fully formed
1: frontal lobe. Will Will someone believe it when she says that I uh, kissed her on the mouth? <laughs> Oh, those child-bearing hips. Ugh. <laughs> That's not what I had in mind when I thought of child hips.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you filed taxes this year? <laughs> 401k. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay.
0: And see, struggling
1: with the concept of death. (laughs) You're ready to start a family of your own.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't need your mother's permission to marry you.
1: (laughs) Your father has no interest in a dowry. That's too good. I know, it's terrible. It's too fucking good. God. (sighs) Uh, (laughs) The the Ripper murders took place in 1888 when Lewis Carroll would be in his mid-50s. Author Richard Wallace theorized that Dodgson, following a strict religious upbringing and potential bullying during his unhappy school years, grew up to become a serial murderer following his successful teaching and writing career. Both of the theory stems from Wallace rearranging Dodgson's writing into confessions. While Dodgson did bury codes and clues in his books, scrambling random paragraphs uh, awkwardly to make statements about killing is more than a stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I read a book by John Douglas, who's my favorite FBI profiler. He, like, invented mm-hmm. profiling.
1: Yeah. And yeah. he
0: talked all about the Ripper and he didn't even mention Lewis Carroll, so
1: it's not Yeah it's not really It's not looking good.
0: Although not I'd love to good. I'd love
1: to blame him for it. God, wouldn't that be great? Yes. Wouldn't that be fucking great? I'm glad he fucking died in pneumonia. It should have been worse. Yeah, the good news is is that
0: he's definitely burning in hell right now. So.
1: Oh for sure. Yeah. For sure.
0: That's the silver lining here.
1: And what a lining it is. And what a story that was. Indeed. Wild, wild episode. If you like what you heard, which I don't know how, it's not a good time for anybody, (laughs) you should do some of the following things, or all of the following things, honestly. Uh, You can leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash podcast and you can follow us on all social media. We are at toys R us podcast across the board. Until next time, remember what the Dormouse said. <coughs> remember, you will always be a Toys R Us kid. I'd like to take the time out to thank our patrons, we couldn't do this without you. So thank you to Jeremy, Jessica, Nicole, Amy, Nicole, Nicole, John, Juanita, Sabrina, Shannon, and Steven. Thanks a bunch guys. You've gone quite mangy, Cat, but your
0: grin's are comfort.
1: And you've picked up a bit of an attitude, still curious and willing to learn, I hope.
0: Wonderland's become quite strange. How is one to find her way?
1: As knowing where you're going is preferable to being lost, ask. Rabbit knows a thing or two, and I myself don't need a weather vane to tell which way the wind blows.
0: Let your need guide your behavior, suppress your instinct to lead, pursue, rabbit.